It's Jibs here from the Lore Seekers podcast, and I just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode started and let you know about one of our sponsors, and that is Audible. If you're like me, and you find yourself, after the episode is over, cringing, rocking back and forth because your episode's done, you have to wait a week, well, we can help you, friends, ladies, guys, gals, kids, by going to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. You sign up for the free 30-day free trial, and you keep your service going, you cancel, it's totally up to you. Either way, you get a free audiobook. And guess what? There's two Elder Scrolls books that you can totally get. If you're not into that, I would suggest looking up what I'm reading, and that is Malice by John Gwynn. It's an amazing book, and this is coming from a guy who hasn't read in 10 years. So anyway, check it out. Hope you like it. Stay awesome. We love you. Dilly dilly! Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. <sighs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. We're settle back, my, baby. Settle my bony butt into a nice chair. We're back, baby. It feels so yes, good. Yes, we are. It does it's... feel good. And the peeps are here. Everyone's here. We're live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash podcast. My goodness, man. Um, okay. Uh, first things first. I think we need a drink. What can I get you, boys? Yes. Oh, please. my dear. Hook me up with a... You know, we're going to Morrowind. Cash, what do, what do folk, uh, my dumber peeps like to drink? I forget. I forget. Whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah, I'll take one of those, please. What do you, what do you want? It's on the house. Whiskey. Okay. All right. I well. brought my own. You brought your own. You yeah, brought your own drink into a bar. Yep, yeah, I'm drinking right now. Hmm. Coming right up. All right. Uh, so, what's going on? It's been a while. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been another week um of hell for me. <laughs> it's been a week. Uh, just a lot of busy real life stuff going on as usual, but um, some really fun things for us. Yeah, have man. been happening. Yeah, um, for our community, for our listeners that are uh, going to take place pretty soon. Uh, the first one is I'll just give you a little, a uh, little bit of a sneak peek. If you like sweet rolls and you want to know how to make sweet rolls, keep an eye on our YouTube channel. Oh yeah, we haven't we haven't touched our YouTube channel in a little while, so we're going to start uh, doing a little bit more on our YouTube channel. But mm-hmm. a very special official elder scrolls cookbook is coming out in march yeah buddy and you and i were lucky enough to get our hands on a couple of copies of that and i dove right in uh and i made sweet rolls today and i may or may not have recorded it no you didn't you already knew that i knew i knew that okay so this isn't news to you most of the things you're telling me right now i already know but right so anyway (laughs) we are going to be inviting all of you into our kitchen. It's true. In a new segment. Maybe. That we are going to call. It's a periodic segment. Don't expect it every week because that is not going to happen. <laughs> not with our schedules. <laughs> um, but our new segment is going to be called From the Hearth. From Coming the Hearth? To- From the Hearth. I like how you put your hand over your, your heart because you're sappy like that. Oh, you know me. Yeah. I'm a total freaking sap. Other than that. You want to know about my gameplay, don't you? Not really. All right. Nope. Go ahead. 
So <laughs> I fought it for about three weeks, maybe a month. I did not roll any new characters until last night. Shut your mouth. You shut up. Talk to me like that. <laughs> I now have a Breton Magicka Templar. He's not going to be a Healy Templar. He's going to be a dirty DPS Templar. Dirty so, deeps. Yes, dirty. I'm looking forward to the racial changes. And mm-hmm. the Breton is going to be a magical boost. So that's where I'm at. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm doing the same thing because I'm easy. I mean, there's... You are. You're, you're kind of a... I just... ESO slut. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Did I say... I did say that out loud. <laughs> totally planned, but totally true. You said schmuck, right? I thought I heard schmuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it turns out I am, in fact, very easy. Like, we're all about the necromancer class, it's, and that's not out yet. So really, whatever happens up till then, I'm, I'm game. You know, we could be doing RP in a tavern and the rosy, the rosy lion, the rosy inn. I don't care what we're doing. I mean, I'm I'm game for why? What's that? Why are you doing a face? You're doing because a face. I was about to make a funny comment about you. You talked about our RP. I think we should do some RPV penis. Oh, that is fun stuff. And we have a guest that I'm going to shout out in our chat. A friend that we have not seen in a long time. Troy Hewitt. <sighs> yes, Troy. Yes. Troy Hewitt, former community manager at Wildstar, mm-hmm. former community manager at Gigantic, and mm-hmm. now community manager at the. Want to finish it? Should we? No, no, no. It, oh, should we? No, I guess we, we could. No, no. Well, no. no. It, it, well, it kind of goes along with some fun stuff that we have to, that we have to talk about coming oh. up soon. But oh, Troy's okay. now working. Troy's now working for Meta Arcade. Yes, and. Um, we have some things in the works that we're really kind of excited about. So, yeah, I don't care. It's early. I'm going to say, hi, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> With a smiley face. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, we got a lot of cool things that hopefully have come to pass. It's truly, I'm going to say this, and I said this on stream the other day. Uh, shout out to Mimsy, by the way, running Dungeons with you. It's a lot of fun. Um, anyway, uh if everything works out the way we think we're going to work out, we're getting ready to do something that's never been done before, something that nobody's doing, and it's literally something that you can take with you and can experience with you. Um, and it's We gonna, hope so. We hope so. We're, as we're, long as we don't crap the bed. As long as we don't crap the bed. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, anyway, are you ready? We got, a, we got a show. We have a big one. Yeah, I'm looking at notes. Are you? We do have a show. Yeah. Mm. Let's do this. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. This is the, I about said Level Up Morning Show. Wow. Uh, Lore Seekers Podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're so old school. <laughs> you know, I almost wore that shirt just, just for kicks and goes. Anyway, that was like old We podcast. haven't done this for like a whole week. I know. I know. Um, anyway, welcome. This is Volume 3 of the Lore Seekers Podcast, Episode 12. And we're your hosts. I am Jibs. I'm joined by my better half, Cash. This Honestly, I mean, besides with hanging out with my family, because I love my family a lot, but this is like my highlight of my week. Highlight of your week? Yeah, like if I can't be playing ESO, this is what I want to be doing. Hanging out here with all the peeps and shooting the crap with you and drinking whiskey. Mm. Doesn't get better than that. Doesn't get better. Well, last week was the episode from Oblivion, 
and we're just going to leave it at that. But if you want to listen to last week's episode, <laughs> we talked Depths of Malatar, racial passive changes, and did a lore lesson on the Alfique and the Centrot, uh Khajiits. Yeah, bring some emails. bamboo shoots to stick it underneath your nail beds because oh, it's a gosh. long one. That's probably the, one of the longest episodes we've ever done last week. It, it was, yeah, it was a long one. Yeah, that, well, we had a lot. That's what she said. All right. Uh, well, this week on the show, <laughs> we got a crown store showcase for February. She did not say that. <laughs> she said the opposite. <laughs> we, got, we got a lore lesson on uh, elsewhere. We're talking uh, the Morrowind bonus bonus rewards event celebration event and all kinds of other goodies but uh we'll just we'll just hold on to that for a second but i know this time to get somber right here for it's just time to, a second oh crap he's gonna tear up watch his eyes twitch watch his eyes go ahead go on well okay. so we have a note here and we're just we're not gonna like you know go into this super bad with a whole bunch of stuff um the note used to say lawrence is leaving but Jibs changed it to Lawrence is heaving, <laughs> which is terrible. It means he's throwing up because he's leaving us. Anyway, if you haven't heard Lawrence Schick, the lore master, this is the dude. This is the dude. Like every Elder Scrolls game that you've played, he's had a major hand in writing the lore for. He is leaving ZeniMax Online Studios of Bethesda. And he's moving on to greener pastures. And I believe he's moving across the pond, is he not? Uh, I think so. Across the yes. way? Across the pond. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, we are losing our lore master. I'm sure we're going to be in good, good hands. We are going to miss him. Oh, yeah. He is a, a, just a gigantic personality and a gigantic... Yep. Um, uh, he, he just had so much style for who he was and um he brought us a lot of lore i mean the game that we play is in huge part because of lawrence so we're gonna miss him um but you know what take the steps and do the things that you need to do for you and your family and enjoy your life that's what it's all about and thank you for what you brought for us sounds like sounds like it's a prayer before i eat food (laughs) (laughs) an akatosh name but, but <laughs> by the eight, Lawrence, we will miss you. Oh my gosh! Thank we're, you very much, yeah. and safe travels, my friend. Agreed. I, you know, I couldn't. I'm not going to add any, too much because that was perfectly said. But I'm just going to say this: Thank you. You have enriched our lore and uh, our, our time in Elder Scrolls, and you have impacted. I mean, you've made lore that will last forever, as long as we're on this good old green earth. So, <gasps> thank you. What? I'm verklempt. Oh, my gosh. I got spilkus in my connection. See, this is what happens. This is why I can't take him anywhere. All right, let's jump to the news. Here's the topic. No, hang on. We're not. Neither a war nor civil. (laughs) Discuss. Yeah. I'm going to get my backpack. Hang on. (sighs) Okay. Uh, All right. Well, you know, we got some stuff to talk about. There's a lot of news. Okay. We got the sad part out of the way. We got it out of the way. I don't want to talk about it anymore. When is there not a lot of news with the SO, honestly? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where you think you're at a point where it's going to be a slow week, and then bam, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I got to say this, too. Chat is very sad that Lawrence is leaving. He is sad. Don't bring it up. Tear up, man. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's jump. Uh, let's jump in here. Uh, return to Vardenfell and earn bonus rewards during the Morrowind celebration event. This uh, this coming to us from ESO official and uh, going on right now through Monday, February eighteenth. If you're listening to this episode on release day, it's going on right now. Don't freak out, Twitch chat. It's not literally happening right now. But if you're listening on release day, uh, it is going on right now through February 18th. And during this time, as you explore the island of Vardenfell, you'll earn double the rewards for certain activities, including double drops from resource nodes, jewelry seams, all that good stuff. You know, you? survey reports and fishing holes. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Does not include... Oh, no fishing it, holes, it, no it, survey oh, reports. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's just words. It's just words. It's just semantics. It's just, yeah, uh, flying mount. Um, double drops from all bosses, <laughs> includes, including the Halls of Fabrication trial. Yep! Uh, double reward boxes from all daily quests in the zone. Yep. Uh, let's see, and this is how you get going. If you want to get this started, well, uh, you can simply do this. Ex- access... The stories section of your collections UI, select Morrowind under Zone DLC, and finally clicking the Accept Quest button. Uh, you can also just take the Way Shrine to say to Neen as well, <laughs> if you're into that. Yes. But, Guess where my Templar is sitting? You got him at Morrowind. He's in Say to Neen. Are you Are you going to power level that? Are we power leveling? Oh, I'm completely going to power level him. Yeah. Yes. 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 But he's in Say to Neen because. In between waiting for dungeons, mm-hmm. I got a lot of resources to get. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So if you want to save a little bit of money, a little bit of cash during this event, <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, this is what you do. You can buy Morrowind. It'll be fifty percent off in the Crown Store. So it's only going to be one thousand seven hundred fifty crowns. If you're into that, this That's includes cheap. It is really cheap. And let me tell you, maybe it's because I'm partial to Dunmer, but dang, it's good. Good to yeah, so if you're a newer player and you have not um, dove, dived, divin, dovin, all that crap, into Morrowind yet, this is, it's very close to Somerset on most awesome expansion ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever played Morrowind single player and then you go to Morrowind in this game, you will get all the feels. Trust me. It will bring the Vaklempt. Because it's very reminiscent. That's your word. They've just expanded upon That's your it. word. We need a t-shirt for that in the shop. I don't even know how to spell it. Oh, I got you covered. I know you don't know how to spell it. That's clear. <laughs> From weeks ago, Hello. it's clear. But anyway, <laughs> please, please, please play Morrowind if you have not. It's one of, it's one of the more fun quest lines it dives into the story of Red Mountain. It dives into, um, you actually get to follow and assist Lord Vivek mm-hmm. and learn a bunch about Vivek. Um, so, yeah, dive into Morrowind. It's super fun. I'm going to do it again. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to do it again on my Dirty Templar. Okay. My Dirty Deeps. Dirty Deeps. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. Um, well... So like I said, you know, if you want to save a little bit, you can during this event. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Morrowind Collector's Pack Bundle will be on sale for 1,050 crowns. In other words, 50% off, just like the DLC. So 
I got this. I got the statue sitting right here. This is literally one of my favorite things ever that Cash sent me. Uh, this is like, this is my teddy bear I go to sleep with. Um, so you can get... The, Does it smell like me? Hang on. Let me smell. A little bit. I smell, no, it smells like smell armpits and bad decisions. Oh, what'd you do with this thing? All right. So anyway... You Put can... it under my armpit and made bad decisions. <laughs> then I sent it to you. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so anyway, if you want this DLC, you can get the Dwarven War Horse Mount, the uh, Dwarven Spider Pet, the Slate Gray Summon Bear Skin, if you're a Warden, uh, PvP Taunts, and the Morag Tong Outfit Style. Let's be honest. The B-Team! The B-Team! Yeah, the B-Team. Just second to the Dark Brotherhood. That's right. Appreciate it, brother. I am representing tonight, chat, Woo-hoo. with my shirt. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, because we know. Oh gosh, that's funny. Uh, so that's wait, but I guess I could say this. Wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> you can earn some event tickets. So as you participate in the Morrowind Celebration event, you'll also earn event tickets for the following activities: one event ticket for the first world boss daily quest completed each day, one event ticket for the first delve daily quest completed each day. And you can earn a total of two event tickets per day, per account, with a possible total of 26 by the event's end. During this event, you will be able to buy Indric Feathers, okay? So maybe you missed January. Well, you can get caught up because the Dawnwood Berries of Bloom are there. And the new Dawnwood Berries of Budding from the Impresario Merchant. Dawnwood Berries of Bloom. What color are those? That was I the, break it down to colors. That was the color you wanted. The the the, the really one... I got- I got the green one. Yeah. Well, I think that was it. That was introduced in January. So you you got it. You're so, good. yeah. So long story short, if you've done all the math on this, then congratulations. You're a genius. But you can get 26 by the by events end. So it gives you a good chance to catch up. And then you also have to still earn about another 4 million of these tickets in order to have four mounts all completely morphed. <sighs> That's a know. lot of tickets, people. It is so anyway, log into the game and get your damn tickets. Uh, by the way, quick note: make sure you've okay. You've done all this work, right? Make sure that you've got the right berries selected before you buy them. Okay, just a quick tip. Guess I may or may not have bought the wrong berries. Anyway, um, so yeah, remember you will only need one of each in order to evolve your Endric. So there's that. Uh, by the way, during this whole thing. You get to experience ESO, uh, the ESO Plus free trial. That's going on too. Unlimited crafting bag. Endless crafting bag, which, by the way, which we've said before, we'll say again. If you're teetering on the fence, like this is the first podcast you've ever listened to on ESO because you just started playing the game. Number one, welcome. And number two, if you're trying to figure out whether or not you want to buy the game and subscribe on a monthly basis... That crafting bag right there that you're going to get to experience over this event is the number one reason to sub to this game. So if you think you're going to play it on a regular basis, oh my God, pay the money Absolutely. because that bag is totally worth it. Absolutely. Game changer. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Like when I go to console, um, you know, I don't sub on the console version of ESO. So I, I don't have the unlimited crafting bag. Let me, mm. let me tell you, you are picking and choosing your battles, folks. Mm. <laughs> what? What's that judgment? No, I'm, um, 
Wow, that's not judgment. I'm with you on that one. That would suck because I remember in during beta when there was no such a thing as the endless crafting bag, and then even after that, like after launch of this game, it was a constant struggle to because all your crafting mats are in there. How many crafting mats do we have now? A a lot. A lot. Lots yes. and lots and lots. Freaking lot. Yeah. So anyway, totally worth it. Okay. There you go. So there is that. Um, okay, well, let's talk the nitty-gritty. This is the part where we spend money, where we throw our money at the screen. My credit cards are out. I'm trying to slide them right now. Crown Store Showcase for February. <gasps> so this is coming to us again from ESO Official. And uh, look, I think we've kind of found the pace here. It took us almost a year because, you know, our birthday's coming up, chat. And everyone listening across the globe, March 2nd is our birthday. That's our one-year baby. And good things are coming for that. Stay tuned. Yay! Uh, it's our birthday. Wait a minute. You can't just glance over that. It's our birthday. It's our birthday. Gonna party no. like it. Okay. Uh, we're going right. to be one, you guys. Do you remember how it was when you were one? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't remember that either, but... yeah. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, I really don't, you know, I really don't remember that very, yep, very well. I remember when I was one, I was like fourteen years away from just being completely corrupted. So I was still pure. We're still pure <laughs> for a minute. Oh gosh! All right. Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, Crown Store Showcase for February. I'll be honest. Full disclosure: when I first saw this, I was disappointed. Second go around, when I went back and actually read it. It's fantastic. So, all ESO Plus members have access to a monthly selection of exclusive deals and items. Another reason to subscribe, by the way, actually. Uh, first up, exclusive free deals. We've got Hercene, the Huntsman Statuette. Continuing the Daedric. Awesome. Free things, yeah. My favorite so far. Yeah. That one is badass. Mm-hmm. I agree but 100%. the second one is... Might be one of the favorite things I've ever seen. Oh, I I agree. <laughs> I agree. I want this so bad. Anyway, uh, so the free item is her seeing the Huntsman statuette, but exclusive offers, they always offer these first to ESL Plus members. So if you're thinking about subscribing, well, you should because you get exclusive stuff before everybody else does, and they add it later in the in the crown store. Anyway, Tree Thane's Mosaic Jerkin. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to read this quote, and then it's all yours. Quote, the thousands of small, shiny particles that decorate the tree thane's mosaic jerkin may appear at first glance to be of turquoise or of other precious stones, but they are actually the iridescent, what is that, carapaces? Of deep forest beetles. Carapace. It is the shell of an insect. Let me tell you what. The wood elf got some love here. Because, yeah. dang. That is bitching. That Tell is so reminiscent. It like. It's so reminiscent of Legolas that it's just awesome. So it's very, uh, it looks a little bit uh, um, Altmarie. Yeah. Altmarish. Oh, yeah. But it's very Wood Elf. So it, it just looks like uh, something that a Wood Elf would wear to a formal event. But it would be perfect with a bow strapped to his side and a couple of swords on his hips. It looks, it looks really so good. so 
bitching. Yeah. Go look at it. Tree things, tree things, mosaic jerkin. It's really cool looking. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Um, so then we got the brimstone Nixad. Nixad. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, Nixad. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's a pet. Looks awesome. Uh, we got the Jarl's Justice formal frock. Okay, I. <sighs> you know you want to wear it. Shut up. Maybe on the weekends. Anyway, it's a Nord thing. It looks good. Quote, we Nords tend to be an informal people at most times, but when a Jarl sits to decide a legal case, it's important that our system of law be honored with the proper attire. It's coming to us from York the Taylor Thane of Winhelm. <laughs> Shoals Bones. That's a hood All right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's a huge wit. <laughs> I went back and watched that clip the other day. My favorite part uh, is that other dude it, in the background goes, holy crap, it's Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. He it, never gets old. Ever. Oh, you don't know what we're talking about. Keep it in about. the circus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Deuce Biglow. All right. Yeah, just Google it. Deuce Biglow. Just Google it. All right. Anything. Outfit styles. We got the Swarm Mother's Arms Pack. Oh. I like this. This screams necro to me. All the webbing hanging out there. If you've ran Spindle Clutch Dungeon and you've fought the spiders, well, this is a full pack of weapons that are just doused in webbing. And it looks fantastic. Which, by the way, shout out to I Got's Candy. Did you, he's, uh, sent, uh, he sent me the Bloodspawn Arms Pack the other day. It was so kind. That is awesome. Right? Totally yes. unexpected. It was such a cool thing. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the swarm, uh, the swarm mother's arms pack will be available on all platforms for a limited time from February 27th to March 27th. During the same period, the swarm mother mask style page will have a chance to drop from the final boss in the veteran spindle clutch one dungeon and the swarm mother shoulder style page will have a chance to drop from the Ma Al Ragath's undaunted chest. Oh, look at that bow. Yeah, man, that that's sexy. Right yeah, there. It is. did you did you by chance did you hit on the echelet? Uh, we're, we'll touch on that in a little bit. We I, okay? You know, yeah, you know, you could just pass right over yeah. it because that thing's freaking hideous. That's like just things... like all the echelets. Why is that a thing? Ooh. Why is that a thing? Why do we have that in ESO? That is so. That's like the thing you show your kid to make sure they obey you out of fear. This is good. See, because I love animals, <laughs> so this is why why my next statement is so out of the ordinary for me. If yeah. that thing was on fire, I wouldn't pee on it. No, I'd just let it go. Just crack a bear just, and just see what happens. Yeah, I just you know? I, I might turn my back on the thing. I mean, I. It's, ooh. It's like it's like the, it reminds me of the infusion of humans and fish from uh, fishmen from. Dreamcast, all those wonderful mini. Okay, bro, you're old. I know. God, I, uh, I liked that system, believe it or not. Especially Tony Hawk Pro Skater on that. That was good. Uh, anyway, uh, crowd, crowd crafting motif, <laughs> the Huntsman. Now I'm going to read this quote because I think it's pretty important. Quote for those who would honor Hersing the Hunter, it is right and proper to adopt the apparel and arms of his Huntsman, those spear shakers, feuders and whisper, whippers in of the Lord of the Hunting Grounds. So. Yeah, you're not even going to give a shot to that name, are you? Uh, Hang on, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. What what name? The name that said that quote. Oh, I don't even have it on here. What was the name? You tell me. 
Yurikanek the witch man. Yeah, nailed it. Totally nailed it. I'm exhausted, but I totally nailed it. Totally nailed it. The Huntsman Crown crafting motif will be available to all players in the Crown store on all platforms starting on February 13th. It will also... Now, this is a fun part. By the way, for any of you, you know, maybe you don't want to spend the crowns, well, we should run this. Cash, we need to run this together. Let's make a point to run this together. Uh, it will be available in-game starting on February 13th and has a chance to drop in the March of Sacrifices dungeon by defeating the final boss, Balorg. Uh, guaranteed drop for completing veteran hard mode. Speaking of that, veteran hard modes is something that's come to our attention lately, yeah. even more so than before. Yeah, we're on an active mission to start completing some veteran hard mode um, dungeons and the harder ones, not like Spindle Clutch. Yeah, like, dude, let's do veteran hard mode Spindle Clutch. I am an end gamer. <laughs> about freaking fang lair and um march sacrifices what yeah. was the other one we talked about um but no it scale was collar. scale color scale yeah i know isn't it funny how when you get when you're live yeah you can't remember jack crap no no it's it's just kind of yeah. all it's you literally fly by the seat of your pants and read like ron burgundy <laughs> Yeah, see, okay, so so in chat, um, the fake blue Lufa said she did white gold tower yesterday and wasn't too bad. Did you do it on vet? That's fun stuff right there. I like that. Yeah, because that on vet is like a square kick in your nuts. Well, not yours, fake blue Lufa, because she's a girl. I'm talking like me or Jibs. Please keep talking. Square kick. It's getting better the more you keep talking. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes it just comes out. That's just, that's it. Oh, for houses. Now it's on got, the show. For, for houses, we got the uh, tell, tell, tell Galen. Uh, fulfill your fantasies of a fungal flat with this fabulous Telvani Wizard's Tower on a private island on Azura's coast. Comes complete with a grand foyer, workshop, suite, and tower chamber. Ideal for, quote, magical, I added those quotes, research. There's a lot of mushrooms in this house. That's a huge way. Okay. That's a huge win. <laughs> uh, for I, you know, I looked at a video of that because um, I'm really, you know, I I have this love for the Dunmer, um, and Morrowind. We know, so and boring. Uh, you know, shut your mouth. And I was watching a video of that house, and I'm just like, ugh. All right. I don't think I can. I don't think so I can we're... live in a fungus. That's a. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, hey, well, if you're an herbalist. Well, you know, I'm not a wood elf. I survive by the ashes. <gasps> That's right. Don't I, don't you disparage my woody wood elves. Hey, you know what? Why don't you go live in a tree? I will. You disgust me. I'll enjoy it. And it's called a pod. You smell because you, you don't much. even have deodorant because you're all natural. I have jasmine. I put natural jasmine leaves underneath my pits. I put whiskey under mine. Oh, I wonder you smell like ass. <laughs> For furniture, we've got the uh, Morrowind Lord of a Vex set. Uh, quote, by the three, show your devotion to Morrowind's living gods with furnishings inspired by Lord Vivek, the Tribunal Temple, and Vardenfell. Oh, so, yeah. If you want to you know, have a, a Vivek statue, there's a nice little pool there, some some chairs, a couple banners. Yeah, super weird that if there's in the Lord Vivek set, there's a statue of Lord Vivek. No doubt it was made by himself. 
Because he, he's that kind of dude. He really, really likes himself. Yeah, so if there were mobile phones in Morrowind during this time of the second era, in our time of Tamriel, he would totally selfie, like all the time. He'd be that guy. Oh, most definitely. No question. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, all right, so that's the main things. Now, we're just going to throw these out here. We're not going to talk about them, but you know what? They're available. There's a, there's a horse. There's a <laughs> <laughs> There's a swamp jelly pad. There's a purple swamp jelly pad. There's a little miniature horse. No, we can't it. do that. We can't do that. <laughs> uh, we got the Deep Woods Pod Singer Tunic costume. Ranger's Crocskin Overkilt costume. Uh, P.S. It's a kilt. Uh, white Gold Imperial Cursor uh, Courser Mount Mint Swamp Jelly Pet. Plum Swamp Jelly Pet. And White Gold Imperial Pony Pet. Boring. Oh, I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at the picture right now. The White Gold Imperial Pony, which is a little tiny pretty pony. And the only thing I can think about is stealing the apples that's right behind it. That's it. I'm just going to say this right now. The that apples. white gold imperial pony, somebody watches My Little Pony, the cartoon on Netflix. Somebody's a parent, <gasps> and they modeled that. because. Would you just die if we had a bunch of bronies in our in our listener base? Cash, are you <laughs> a... Cash, are you a brony? Dude, my daughter had to tell me what a brony was. And when she told me, I sat there like... With a with my maw agape, like, are you effing kidding me? That actually exists. <laughs> Turns out, bronies are a thing. If you have no idea what we're talking about, use the Google box. Chat, you guys crack me up. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, that's your news for the week. My name's Tom Selleck. <laughs> we'll be back next. Troy week. says, "Don't you judge. Friendship is magic. You jerks." <laughs> Just cannot oh. do it. All right. Well, it's oh, that special time. Right. I'm excited about this one because it's. Are we lore lessening? Yeah. Yeah. Crap, dude. I haven't even gathered my chi. I'm like in giggle mode right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, okay. you know you know the drill. I'm just going to stand back <laughs> for your spell, okay? Yeah, stand back. All right. I've had a little bit to drink, so I may or may not send your nuts. So be careful. Oh, okay. Well, Here we go. Carry on. The, the spell's done. <laughs> oh, is that what you wrote in chat? Yeah, that's okay. See, I put spell done. That means you go now. 44 freaking lore <laughs> lessons. Can you guys believe that? It has been 44 lore lessons since last year. I cannot even believe it. Anyway, hmm. very appropriately for this week's lore lesson, we are hitting the land of elsewhere as it is going to become the land of many. ESO players here in a couple of months. And uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Elsewhere lies on the southern coast of Tamriel, home to the feline race of Elder Scrolls, one of the most beloved races of all time, the Kitty Khajiit. Elsewhere is bordered to the west by Valen Wood. That's my favorite spot. Home of the Bosmer, the little tiny wood elves, and then Cyrodiil to the north and the east, and then the very cold Padomaic Ocean to the south of elsewhere. Several other notable regions and cities within the province of elsewhere exist. So let's talk a little bit about the geography of elsewhere and some of the cities that we are going to be visiting. A couple of these you'll already know because we've already been there. 
because we just had a little snippet of elsewhere, but we're getting the whole mother this time in this next release. Anyway, Anakina. This is a harsh, dry, arid plain encompassed the northern half of elsewhere and gave rise to a very hardened warrior culture of the native Khajiit. Save that one because we're going to talk more about that as we go. Reaper's March. We've all been to Reaper's March, most likely because you found a search on the Tamriel Trade Center and somebody is selling something that you need because Reaper's March is a giant trading spot. The city is located northwest of elsewhere and shares a border with Valenwood. The bordering lands consist of pockets of dense forest to the north, but they all lend to very lush green savannas, which is pretty much the basis of what elsewhere is, is lush green savannas near the cities of Dune and Rockwa. This region is home to very numerous plantations of moon sugar, which you know is elsewhere's main export and the main ingredient in skooma. (laughs) So good. Skooma is basically the meth of Tamriel or the heroin of Tamriel, whichever whichever (laughs) you pick. Or if you're really in tune with the, with the most recent, and if we have at least one person in chat, Joff the goat, I know is in tune with the most recent thing that is bothering the, (laughs) the symbiotic uh, drug world is fentanyl so anyway moon sugar is that like death sticks? the fentanyl of tamriel the death sticks of tamriel <laughs> so we keep going pelotine pelotine is the southern half of elsewhere and is the most fertile land in the region replete with jungles rainforests and flowing rivers capital city of elsewhere torval is located in the region of pelotine So the Khajiit of this area are known to be much wealthier than the barbaric Khajiit of the northern zones. This is going to prove to be an issue later on in my lore lesson. So just wait for it. Okay. Next, the Kinral Peninsula. I like how they spell that one, like the Kinral Peninsula, because they're cats. Yeah. Just, you're going to grr every time? Yeah, I got excited about that. All right, well, no. The southernmost region of elsewhere includes the bustling port city of Senchal, where, if you are a budding necromancer, they actually sell corpses. Solid work, kitty cats. That's freaking gross. So anyway, that's the thing. I call that capitalizing. That's what I call it. Well, well that's what they well do. Done, and we continue. covered that like way back in our necromancer episode. And now, all of a sudden, super weird. It becomes relevant yeah, once it, again. It brings a whole new meaning to bring out your dead. <laughs> oh, my God. That needs to be the name of our show when necromancers drop. Bring out your dead? Bring out your dead. Okay. Chat, remember Write that. it down. I ex- no, no, I expect you to write All it right, down. All right. I'm going to. Okay. Lore Seeker Secretary. Write it down. Okay. 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 All right. The Tenmar Forest. This is a large jungle located to the south of elsewhere is the area where moon sugar is known to have originated. Interesting. Canarthi's Roost. We've all been to Canarthi's Roost. It is one of our main starting zones, and it's a small island to the southwest of elsewhere, also called the Isle of Three Temples. I wonder why it's called the Isle of Three Temples. Because there's three freaking temples on it. That's awesome. Legend holds. I like this part a lot when I was writing this lore lesson. Legend holds that a hawk goddess by the name of Canarthi 
rested upon a tree on this island during her first journey across the heavens. The tree she perched on would later become known as the Great Tree, and the settlement of Mistral would be built around it. Canarthi's Roost became home to populations of Marmor, Bastards, Sea Elves, <laughs> and Khajiit. I'm not a fan of Marmor. I cannot freaking stand them. Man, I wish we could be that Marmor. Just to piss you off, I'd be one. Dude. Okay, so if, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, but during our storyline, at the end of our episodes, you were almost killed by a group of Marmor. I'm aware. I'm just saying, you know. Okay. Keep your enemies just closer. reminding you. you know. I'm just refreshing your memory. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Dad. The origins of elsewhere. Where did it come from? The origins of elsewhere and Khajiit inhabitants reach very far back into the Dawn era, the beginning of time on Tamriel. The once singular continent of Nern broke apart into four continents. It's like, was it Pangea? Was that the, was that the one on Earth? Um, it was called Pangea, the, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. So kind of a parallel there. Maybe it was a dragon break. I don't know. When the once singular continent of Nern broke apart into four continents as a result of a war between the Elnafe, or as we know it, the old gods. Elsewhere was a portion of the mega continent that broke off and became known as Tamriel. So elsewhere was a portion of that mega continent and a big, big, big portion. For this region... Khajiit were once known to inhabit the lands far beyond the borders of elsewhere, making them the dominant culture in southern Tamriel. There's a fun fact you didn't know. Murren men later arrived on the continent and then fought for dominance in the north, while ancient Khajiit moved and settled to the south. They were like, dudes, we're out. You guys are stupid. You fight over whatever it is. We're going to take this area to the south. This is better down there. Better climate. Yeah. Anyway, so really what that means to me is that when Tamriel was first formed because of the breaking of the continents into four, into quadrants, the Khajiit were everywhere. And then they were kind of passive and they're just like, you guys are stupid. And then we're out. So that's why they went south. Anyway, during the first era, this is where stuff gets kind of interesting with um, Khajiit and I don't know. I kind of wish the world was like this, to be honest with you, because I think there'd be a whole lot less headbutting between political parties. I'll leave it right there. Just pay attention because this, <laughs> I think a lot can be learned from this. <laughs> so during the first era, the elsewhere province was divided into 16 kingdoms. All kingdoms worked together in harmony to survive and thrive. Not only that, each kingdom had a specialization in goods or services, and they shared them readily with their neighbors, ensuring all kingdoms' successes. As an example, one kingdom would provide a fighting force, like in this case, which is the north, would provide a fighting force in exchange for fish and other goods from a coastal kingdom, like Sanchal. So I'm like, okay, I like this. This is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So here's our first fun fact of the lore lesson. Influence and power was constantly shifting in the kingdoms of elsewhere. Dominance in the region was shared through each kingdom, depending on the moon phases of the two moons of Tamriel, Master and Secunda. For example, 
Nequinal was in power during full moons, while Torval was at power during half moons, or Sanchal when both moons were new. So they shared it. Mm-hmm. Does that make like some incredulous freaking sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. So do you want? Uh, yeah, just, share it. I just want to. You be... don't have to have a freaking wiener fight. Do you? Do you want to just? Do you? Do you want to live in the Indiana uh, district, Cash? Or the... I don't. No. 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 I don't want my neck to be that red. Okay. I'm just saying. I want to frick. I want everybody to freaking get along. That would be super. Our necks aren't red here, Cash. Dude, there's a lot of politics I got to cover, so don't derail me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, the political balance of elsewhere and its 16 kingdoms. This is what I want your take home to be, people. Because if we could spread the little bit of this in the world, we'd be amazing. The political balance of elsewhere and its 16 kingdoms worked harmoniously for many thousands of years without the threat of outside invasion. It seems threats from the nearby Alessian Empire and the Bosmer, and what else, getting into into crap, were relatively non-existent, possibly due to the outside nation's understanding of the symbiosis that each of the 16 kingdoms had with one another. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Harmony. I got what you're throwing down. When you push harmony and the entire world knows that you are in harmony. Yeah. They'll back off. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of like the silent giant. You have your hand over your fist at all times. When you have to, you remove your hand and you knock somebody's frickin' split their lip. But if you don't need to, why worry about it, right? You know, the offer still stands. We, we, could, always, we could always just do the Illinois district. I mean, that's right next door to me. Chicago? Ugh. No, you, 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 you don't want to go to Chicago. <laughs> No, ugh. You may not walk out of Chicago. <laughs> ugh. All right. But inevitably, what happens to Harmony? Somebody kicks it in the nuts. Good job, Jibs. The end of the 16 kingdoms. The political landscape came to a screeching halt near the end of the first era in Elsewhere. Why? We've talked about it before. The Thracian plague of the first era expanded into elsewhere along its trading routes and caused mass mortality in the region. The absolute population destruction that occurred, particularly to the Khajiit, as a result of the plague in elsewhere caused a major shift in power because the survivors were forced into undesired roles, eventually leading to distrust and violence among the Khajiiti population. Eh, Turns out all it takes is a massive epidemic and then everybody poops the bed. Hmm. So elsewhere from 16 symbiotic kingdoms was reduced to two realms with opposing cultures. Now remember what I was talking about before when the North and the South came to odds, the North was all about warring. Yeah. South was business owners. Yeah. It doesn't work too good. No. When a business owner has a problem with a warrior, <laughs> right? You bargain, that's what you do. Yeah, it usually ends in a split lip. So this is what happened. The Nekinal from the north was a warring clan and came to odds with the southern clan of Palatine, comprised of wealthy land and business owners. This bitter, often violent feud became a stalemate for centuries, only ending when two of the kingdom's rulers 
decided to marry to unite the two realms into elsewhere confederacy in the second era year 309 so the thracian plague if you don't remember the thracian plague it was an artificially created pandemic of mass proportions that occurred in the first era year 2260 and it was estimated to have killed half the population of tamriel this is legit this? man I remember this from our last lore lesson that we had on the Thracian Plague. I repeated it. Half of the freaking population of Tamriel died because of the Thracian Plague. Now, we've also talked about the people who have created, or the things that created the Thracian Plague. It was the Slowed. And the reason it was called the Thracian Plague is because it was created by the Slowed and named after their homeland, on the coral kingdom of Thras. Such a wonderful group of people. Yeah, not at all. Burn him with fire. Absolutely salt. Burn it down with salt. Pour freaking salt on them. Anyway. Chat says Slode can suck it. <laughs> Thank you. That was Matt. Slode can suck it. Thank you very much. Now, <laughs> Troy says. He's always said it's not a good cash story until somebody poops the bed. Very true. There's a lot of bed pooping in this story. Mm-hmm. So the Elsewhere Confederacy, it did not end up proving peaceful, probably because they called it the Confederacy. That's not a good thing. So the rift between the warring culture of the Northern Khajiit and the nobility of the South was absolutely a problem. Due to their political prowess, though, the power began to shift to the nobility in the South, making the chieftains of the North left feeling powerless and betrayed. So attacks from the Northern forces started to become very, very recurrent. They were, they were desperate at this point. Uh, so they started to attack the King of the South and his forces. King Kiergo, who was in the South had no choice because they were getting overwhelmed. I mean, you're talking merchants and politicians and wealthy people who were just hiring a bunch of mercenaries to defend them. They didn't have an army. Right. All they had was mercenaries. So eventually they became overwhelmed by the warring culture of the North. And King Kiergo from the South had no choice but to petition the empire to help. So as the rebellion continued, a very renowned uh, Kajiti spiritual leader by the name of Ridtharidatta. I'll say that again. Ridtharidatta. He revealed a very secretive prophecy known as the Riddle Thar Epiphany. This is very interesting. Pay attention. If you're falling asleep or if you're passing out drunk, now's the time to poke yourself in the eye. <laughs> the Riddle Thar was a cosmic order deity of the Khajiit. As revealed by the Rid Thar Ridata, it was a set of guidelines by which to live. So the messages of the Riddlethar were delivered by avatars appearing as humble messengers of the gods. So because the Khajiiti population was so decimated at this point and they were reaching and starving for direction and stability, they took the message of Riddharidatta and eventually named him the first main. So here's a fun fact. The main is a very unique breed of Khajiit. Tradition holds that only one main can be alive at any one time, 
And most Khajiit believe that there is only one main who is reborn over and over in different bodies. Basically, the main is like the mother hen. He's like the Even, dude. He's the dude. He's the dude. And that's what they thought. Like, there's a there's a beverage here. There's, Take it easy, man. Carpet really, what was it? The rug. The rug brought the, the rug room really together, brought the man. room together. <laughs> exactly. Stop getting, you're out of your element. <laughs> so anyway, Aridtharidatta uh, uh, was thought to have been the first main because he brought this sense of belonging and this sense of direction to the Khajiit who were so spread at that particular moment. So they call him the first main. The main then used the Riddlethar to proclaim a new system of dividing powers within the confines of elsewhere. So they were back to some sense of order. The new system was directly related to the dance of the two moons and their differing phases. So again, it brought structure back to the Khajiit, and that's what they need. People need leadership and direction. Right. So do cats, turns out. So the power would shift as it had during the time of the 16 kingdoms under the direction and control of the main itself. This eventually restored peace in the region around second era year 324, not too long before Elder Scrolls Online. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about the, the uh, Nahatan flu. We've already talked about that before. The Nahatan flu ravaged the land of elsewhere early in the second era. They were like, really, dude? Again, the flu first appeared in the slums of Senchal, the border town or the uh, port town, and quickly spread to the entirety of the region, killing thousands upon thousands in its path. Again, so the Khajiit, unlike the Bosmer, who are immune to poison, and the Argonians, who are immune to freaking everything, and survived both of these flus like no problem down south. If you sneeze on the Khajiit, they're sick immediately. They're like, meow, I'm sick now. I don't know if that's exactly how it goes, but. Meow. Meow, I have a respiratory infection. That's awful. So anyway, the Khajiit gets sick super quick. And the Manhattan flu came into elsewhere and decimated them again thousands upon thousands it killed so here's where it gets kind of interesting um, within our timeline of ESO in a strategic move because of all the death and destruction the Altmer of Somerset the Nifears provided unexpected aid to the Khajiit in the form of physicians healers and supplies to fight off the powerful flu as I have one of my Khajiit at my office door, <laughs> screaming to be let in. It's yeah. like, don't let me, meow, don't let me get sick. <laughs> so, eventually, the assistance of the High Elves proved very successful, and the Manhattan flu was defeated in elsewhere. So during this time, fun fact, during this time, when, when the uh, Khajiit were just being decimated by the Manhattan flu, Colovian armies took advantage of the weakened Khajiit and invaded elsewhere in the north. Despite a weakened Khajiiti defense, Colovian armies were fought back in year uh, the second era, year 562. So this is actually a quest line in um, 
Elder Scrolls and you can play through it. It's pretty cool when a um, Colovian armies attack. It's like, really, you guys? They're sick. So anyway, the birth of the Dominion. And I don't care if you're having a heart pact. I don't care if you're Daggerfall Covenant. Don't disparage this next part of my lore lesson because this is where the magic happens, people. <laughs> we good? Okay. For the Dominion. With the death of King Hittalith in Alinor in the second era, year 580, my favorite, my very favorite, Queen Irene inherits the throne of Somerset. So hot. So hot. So hot. As foreign armies moved in to invade the southwest regions of Tamriel, Queen Irene called upon the Khajiit to stand by her side and provide assistance as she and the Altmer had once done during their battle with the Nahat flu. A document known as the Elden Accord was later signed by Queen Irene, Lord Gareshi, and King Aridan Cameron, forming the first Aldmeri Dominion. Let me hear it. Under this united banner, the Dominion entered the Three Banners War. Yeah. Dominated. So anyway, that is the birth of the Aldmeri Dominion right there. And the very jaded but amazing past of our very favorite Kajidi Kitties in the land of elsewhere. Well freaking done, my friend. Thanks, buddy. You know what I look forward to the most out of elsewhere? Uh, I think they, to be honest... I find the Khajiit the most, um, and probably the Wood Elves. Well, not so much the Wood Elves. Uh, the Khajiit Prone the most, to sickness? The, y- yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the most mysterious race, you know? Like, there's so much to them that I want to understand. Like, I want to see the main when we go to the DLC. I want to see, well, obviously we're going to see dragons, but I want to see how their whole hierarchy works. Like, how, just the conversations they have with each other. You know, how they address each other. Are they crappy with each other, like the Altmer, or, you know, just all those things? All those things. Yeah. They're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of Necros running around trying to kill them. Be a whole lot of Necro riding around. Do not, do not kill the kitty cats. That's right. <sighs> all righty, my friends. Well, it's that time. It's that time. The show's... It's time. <sighs> it's time to wrap her up. I like when we say it's time to wrap her up, and then it takes us like another half an hour. <laughs> it does. It, honestly, it does. I That's think it's because you talk so much. <gasps> <gasps> Jams. I'm just kidding. I love you. I was just gonna say something nice about you too, but f you now. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. This was the Lore Seekers podcast, and if you enjoyed this episode, we hope. That you give us a review. For every five-star review that you give us on iTunes, we show you some love on the show. Which, by the way, I don't know if we said this. I really don't remember. We broke 100 uh, iTunes reviews on the, in the U.S., which was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, so there's that. Uh, well, wait a minute. Well, well, let's pause there real quick. Because I think this... I've, we've only had one four-star review in the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's worth saying. I mean, I, we're like Jibs and I are super proud of that. Super proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just us alone. That's not counting. We have a big listener base over in United Kingdom. 
right. all over the place. Lithuania, that's pretty cool too. So but, if you're uh, going to give us a review, I mean, make it a five star review. If it's a four star, then we're just going to report you and then bash <laughs> on you on the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll do not. it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first review here from uh, DB Scout 86 from the US of uh, A. US of A. This is a great podcast. I love the hosts, the ambient sound, the atmospheres, and the character storylines. Not to mention all the helpful info about the game itself. I am a huge Elder Scrolls fan, but when I tried to get into Elder Scrolls Online, I quickly fell off. Thanks to this podcast, I am back in and loving it. I went back and listened to every single episode. Be warned. Once you start listening, you're not going to be able to stop. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. yep. Thank you for listening. That's awesome. Uh, Angry Pig Popper from the USA. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Pump the brakes. What? <laughs> Angry Pig Popper. I don't know. <laughs> Did you get five stars on your name alone? Oh, I love it. Dilly dilly. This podcast is second to none. It is a for sure listen every single Friday. The hosts, Jibs and Cash, are great guys, and their banter back and forth had left me laughing out loud at work on several occasions. Nice. <laughs> Keep up the great good work, guys. Also, if you aren't a part of the reliquary, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> dilly dilly, the wandering bard. Oh, that's bard, dude. That's awesome. He's our boy. Yeah, thank you. Um, that is amazing. And uh, so in Discord, at some point, you're going to have to tell me where you got the name Angry Freaking Pig Popper because that is awesome. Yes. There you go. And and also, if you're not part of the Reliquary or you don't know what that is, that is our storyline at the end of our show, which I don't want to bum anybody out. Getting ready to but, come. Uh, this volume's coming to a close. So um, today's episode is uh, our storyline episode at the end of the show mm-hmm. is um, an important one. Mm-hmm. And then we are actually going to finish it up with uh, the finale next week. Wow. So if you're paying attention to the storyline, I hope you like it. Um, listen after the show. There was, we've done this since volume two for you, the storyline that's been developing. We will be putting all those epi- or those stories and do a single podcast episode, just like our lore lessons. So we're waiting to finish that up, and then it'll be in your ear holes. So it's gonna be long. It's gonna be really long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you can call us always. You can call us seven six five three eight two sixty nine sixty one. Leave us your voicemail. Try to keep it around a minute or less. And uh, during the mailbag segment, if we like what we hear, we'll put it on the show. You can email us loresecretspodcast at gmail dot com twenty four seven. 365. We're always there. You're always emailing. We appreciate it. By the way, I just want to say this. Those of you who just email and you just talk about how much you like the show, I appreciate that. That's that's really cool. It's really cool. Thank you. It's cool that you Thank reach you. out. Uh, you can join us at the official Lore Seekers Guild and community. It doesn't matter if you play ESO or not. If you're a fan of Elder Scrolls, you are welcome here. LoreSeekersPodcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord. Join our Discord server. And you apply in the Apply to Guild channel by typing slash apply. You can find this show wherever podcasts are available. Wherever they're free, we're there. That includes Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Uh, And after you're done here, by the way, go and listen to other amazing ESO podcasts. Includes the Tennis Podcast, Tales of Tamriel, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Sons of Sithis, and Written in Uncertainty. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, myself, at Jibs IRL, Cash, at Lore Seeker Cash with a K, the show, at Lore Seekers Cast. 
Now, this is the part where the outro takes forever because it's Cash's turn. Oh my god, I'm so going to speed through this now. <laughs> what a D-bag you are. <laughs> anyway, follow us on Instagram at Lower Seekers, and we wanted to do something a little bit new and something a little bit different. We have a lot of our Lower Seeker guildies who are now streaming on Twitch or have been for a while. Anyway, give these folks a follow. They are all very good. Mac Attack 76, Lotus OD, 97 Brava with the number 7, Nara Nara, Hyper Pixie, Captain Balgoza, who just joined. Welcome, my brother. Jopa Writes, that's J-O-P-A Writes. Bearded Cheggs, been with us for quite a while. Esotech, the best tank, period. Period. The Fake Blue Lufa, who I checked out today, outstanding stream and a uh, very, very cool person and a new member. So welcome. And then MacDy. I have not checked out your your, uh, stream yet, but I will be doing so. That's M-A-C-K-D-Y-E. And on all of our new followers on Twitch, thank you very, very much. There you go. Well, everybody, we'll be back next week. We hope you had a great time. Chat, thank you, everybody, for hanging out here. We hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Stay awesome. And dilly freaking dilly. That's my line, and you suck. Save for the sounds of water dripping, flickering torchlight, and the occasional echo of a boot scraping over a tiny piece of gravel, it was eerily quiet in the cave. With the realization that we had walked right into the cruel grasp of one of the most notorious crime syndicates in the region, every step was taken with care. We had alerted our squad to our concern. Everyone was on increased alert. An ambush was inevitable and we knew it. But we needed to move away from the numbers of soldiers we escaped from at the cave's entrance. We needed to find another way out. We put our best scouts on point. Traps were a major concern. In the cramped confines of a cave system, a poison or flame trap could prove disastrous. We moved cautiously, yet purposefully. We were almost in a full crouch toward the end of the particular tunnel we were traversing when we emerged into a large cavern. Stalagmites and stalactites came together in vast expanses from the cave's floor to its ceiling to form massive columns in the chamber. The ground was wet. The sound of moisture dripping from the ceiling pierced the near-silent, musty air. A lack of torches sufficient to light the whole chamber led to numerous pitch-black corners and small caverns along the walls. This was the perfect place for an ambush. The halt signal was given by the lead scout with a single tightened fist held above her head. The column stopped silently and swiftly as the Kajidi assassin motioned for Jibs and I to join her at the front. Without uttering a word, the hooded master of the shadows suggested the column split into two groups and traverse the cavern along its right and left walls. This way, we wouldn't be caught in an ambush without cover. Jibs and I quickly nodded our approval, and our adventurers followed another series of hand signals from the Khajiit, split into two equal groups, and began moving in sync along the cave's walls. 
As we moved, we expected a hidden enemy around every dark corner or slimy column. It had taken about five minutes to reach the halfway point in the cavern. Nothing, not a sound besides our footsteps. But then, the most unexpected sound echoed in the chamber. A giggle. A most peculiar, devious, cackling giggle. This particular giggle, however, was unmistakable to any seasoned adventurer in Tamriel. Goblins. Before we could move to take defensive positions, a spear flew through the dank air, striking one of our mages in the neck. He immediately addressed the projectile that had penetrated his throat, but it was to be in vain. The mage fell over onto his side, bleeding in spurts uncontrollably from a fatal wound. The group sprung into defensive stances as more spears began to fly. Luckily for us, we had proceeded in such a way that cover was just a few steps away. As the agents took cover, Oaken, one of our wood elven rangers, and Gianna, quickly grabbed the wounded mage and dragged him behind cover. Arrows and spears continued to fly but harmlessly deflected off of the rock formations we had retreated behind. Piercing laughter and tiny battle cries could be heard from our ranged enemies, hiding in the darkness. Heels with heart, an Argonian, ran from his cover to the wounded mage. Chanting and channeling the bright lights of a breath of life spell as he slid on his knees into position at the wounded high elf's side. But it was too late. He had lost too much blood, too quickly, and he was in the last stages of a violent, choking death. There was nothing more we could do. Gianna looked to me and shook her head from side to side, indicating that the reliquary had taken its first casualty of this seemingly doomed mission. The anger and determination on the faces of our soldiers was clear. These goblins were going to pay dearly. With arrows and spears now sparsely flying, Jibs got the attention of our crew who was chomping at the bit to attack. He nodded in the direction of the threat. That was all they needed. The faint sound of agile bodies could be heard as reliquary warriors rolled into new offensive positions. But their movements could not be seen in the deep darkness. The chanting of a brewing spell emerged from behind a rock formation as Heels with Heart lifted his hands to the sky, illuminating the entire cavern with dark, drowning brightness. As the cavern filled with light, the positions of several goblin attackers could be seen in strategic places both high and low. With the sneaky, giggling little humanoids now exposed and mesmerized by the bright light of the Templar's spell, the agents went to work. Arrows flew, lightning crackled and flames poured from the end of outstretched staves as the goblins were reduced to lifeless burning corpses. In a sight that amazed both Jibs and I, we witnessed the duo of Blood Eagle and Manflesh fighting as a polished team. But in many cases, once the goblins caught sight of the hulking Orsimer and his massive Nordic battle partner, they would turn and run screaming like wounded little pigs. Some managed to retreat back into the cave system, 
while others were caught by Eagle and Manflesh's massive two-handers in a wide, bone-crushing swing. Others ran off screaming as their flesh burned or was singed by residual electrical charges surging through their tiny bodies. The sounds of their cries echoed off into distant caves as they either escaped with a fraction of their lives or died as they fled. The light from the spell darkened as Heels with Heart released the channel. The sound in the cavern was reduced back to near silence, save the sizzling and popping of burning goblin flesh emanating from all directions. The Templar, not fearing any additional danger, emerged from his cover and made his way to the slain mage's side. Without saying a word, the Argonian Templar knelt down and placed a gold coin on each of the dead High Elves' eyes. He crossed the Elves' lifeless hands across his chest, then touched his hand on the Myrrh's forehead for a moment, whispering something quiet and unintelligible. He then looked up, quite morose, realizing all of the reliquary's agents were watching. Heels with heart, stood up, gathered his composure, and spoke. His name is Arlon. He was my friend. Nobody said a word as the party sheathed their weapons and returned to their positions in formation. We worked our way through the cavern, passing the incinerated bodies of the twenty or thirty slain goblin kin. With the increased light from an increasing abundance of wall torches, we could see much better now. Mining carts and tools were strewn about the cavern. There were multiple indentations on the cave's face where digging operations had begun but appeared to have been suddenly abandoned. On the far end, there were several choices of directions to choose on the opposite side of the huge cavern. One cave mouth, however, was larger than the others. I shared a look of question with Jibs, and he answered with a shrug. I motioned for our point scout to lead the way through the large cave mouth. The group continued at a slow pace, quiet and careful, deeper into the cave system for what seemed like an eternity. We had just lost one of our members, and the feeling was somber. Several caverns, similar to the first, but smaller, were interconnected by tunnels no taller than our tallest Bosmer, which, turns out, was pretty small. In each of the caverns, we encountered a few goblins and traps, but nothing as trying as that first cavern. Quick skirmishes, hit-and-run tactics by the cave dwellers, but not a true threat. Having acclimated to the cave's darkness and our close-quarters tactics, our group of soldiers had hit quite the stride in our effectiveness. But we knew this cave system harbored much more of a threat than just goblins. At this point, we considered them a mere warm-up for what may come. We continued through the endless system of tunnels until we reached another large cavern. Voices could be heard. Care was taken as we approached the cave's mouth. From what we could see, the cavern appeared to be a storage area of some sort, with high rack storage, scaffolding on its high walls, and a few scattered outbuildings strewn about the cavern's floor. Our scout concealed herself in a drape of shadow that covered the cavern's entrance. I could see her eyes moving to different points around the room, as if she were locating targets and formulating a plan. 
She turned back to the column of agents lining the cave's wall and crouch-walked back to Jibs and Cash. Seven guards, melee and ranged weapons, two to the left, two to the right, one up high, and two just outside the door of a wooden shack, dead ahead. She whispered with determination. Jibs and I nodded in unison and turned to give the group silent orders. We outnumbered the enemy this time, so seven agents were assigned a target while the rest covered our flanks, lest any hidden guards decided to emerge. A ready check was signaled, and the group nodded. We all moved into position. Jibs glanced over to three of our agents, who were kneeling down, arrows knocked and pointed in slightly different directions. The rest of the agents were crouched, weapons primed and ready to strike. With a squeeze of Oaken's shoulder, the first arrow loosed, followed in quick succession by two others. The guard on the scaffolding, one to the right and one to the left, dropped in a heap of brain-dead flesh. All three headshots. As a matter of fact, the guard on the scaffolding fell with such force that he broke the railing and his lifeless corpse toppled head over heels to the ground. One of the guards near the wooden shack stepped out to investigate the commotion, but stood right in the path of the skewered falling guard from above. The sound of the guard's cracking neck as 200 pounds of limp flesh landed on him in a heap. Neither of them moved. I smiled at Oaken's surprise. Heh! Twofer! He chuckled. The rest of the group went to work. Pouring out of the darkened cave, the remaining targets had no chance. We had the upper hand. Singeing flame and arcing jagged lines of blue poured out of staves and outstretched hands. Swords and hammers and axes landed on soft, fleshy targets, and arrow after arrow pierced torsos until all of the guards were no longer moving. It was a slaughter. But I'll admit, it felt good. The guards were looted for any keys, scrolls, or maps. We still needed to find a way out of this blessed cave. One of the guards near the locked shack had a key ring on him with several different keys. Jibs grabbed the ring and looked up at the door, then Cash and the rest of the agents. He took a step toward the door. We all heard it as he approached. A deep, guttural growl from the other side of the door. A scratch. Claws? Probably so. The growl continued, as if whatever was in this small shack definitely wanted out. To open it or not? That appeared to be the question. But our curiosity got the better of us. Was some unknown beast protecting something valuable? Was it protecting another entrance to the cave? Something was telling us to open the door despite any danger it may pose. Besides, whatever beast was beyond the door would have to face a squad of trained and warmed-up warriors, so our confidence was high. Jibs looked at the motley crew of adventurers and shrugged. Despite whatever was making that terrifying sound on the other side of the door, he fearlessly inserted the keys, one at a time, until he found the right one. With the agents poised and ready to strike, he turned the key with a click. 
The door burst open with force to reveal a massive gray-brown grizzly bear, head low and growling as if it were going to pounce on the first target it met. It stared at us, then let out a gut-wrenching roar, mouth agape, teeth stripped, and saliva flying in every direction. Something about this bear was different. No? Familiar. A weakened voice cried out from the darkness of the wooden shack behind the bear. Dugan, be a good boy, the voice said. The blood drained from Jib's face as the bear's angst disappeared. Jibs looked into the darkened room, past the bear. Wolven? Wolven? 